chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. The Champions League has returned and we had plenty of action in the Premier League over the weekend. Leicester City rallied after going down 1-0 to the Champions Liverpool and capitalized on more mistakes by the Liverpool backline to win 3-1. Manchester City's victory march continues. They got two wins this week. First, they dismantled Tottenham 3-0 and they beat Ancelotti's Everton 3-1. Manchester United were held to a 1-1 draw against West Brom after they conceded in the second minute. Is the title race well and truly over? Arsenal got a monstrous win over Leeds, winning 4-2, Aubameyang scoring his first Premier League hat-trick along the way. And Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea stayed undefeated, winning 2-0 over Newcastle. I'm Andrew Passaro, alongside Alex Moss and Javier Revelo. How's everybody doing? Doing all right. How are you, Andrew? How are you doing? Oh, happiness levels are at an all-time high right now. We, we, we beat... We beat Leipzig. We didn't make any defensive mistakes. We, we had a center back who looked like a naturally playing center back. Fabinho's coming back close to return. Diego Jota's close to return. Abby Keita's in full training. Things are... Uh, Think, we're things are we're looking gonna, back on the up for Liverpool? Just like that? We're going to kick the shit out of Everton this weekend? Notice the we're change in tone since Sunday where you were picking... <laughs> Where you basically were not picking Liverpool to go through against RB Leipzig to now, where you beat them and now you know you're back. We're oh, we're fully back. We're we're I'm on some Javier shit. One good thing remotely happened to my club, and I'm and you're, I'm fully and you're back, back on the my, full Liverpool destruction I'm train. I'm back. Yes, I'm very I'm very excited. It's, I mean, Manchester United possible. dropped points over the it's weekend. It's possible. You know, so. It's possible. But so you're not worried about top four. Like you're definitely making top four this season. Yeah, somebody's gonna have like an injury crisis between like you now guys, and, and I you think you guys did get unlucky in this in this last weekend, like to to lose the game three one. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. If Liverpool have to go win the Champions League to get back in, I guess we'll just have to do that. You know, we, you look at you look That's at the Cristiano happening. Ronaldo, Ju- Juventus are probably gonna go out to Porto. Lionel Messi's not gonna be in the competition. You know. We've beaten Bayern in the Champions League before. Anything is possible. No, you're not, you're not beating you know? Bayern now. We'll get. Here's the thing: Sevilla is going to beat Dortmund. We'll we'll draw whoever comes out of the Juventus tie, beat them, and then that Sevilla team will go through, and then we'll beat them, and then we'll be in like the semifinals. And then you know what? No, We've seen what happens in the semifinals. Andrew, like, anything's you're, possible. You're not Manchester City. You, you, you don't get that easy of draws. <laughs> we all know. That. Also, you guys well, having did, to play Bayern when Van Dyke. Is out like if that happens, that would be such a tragedy because a yeah, fully healthy great. Liverpool team versus like this Bayern Munich team would actually be amazing to watch. Because I mean, even though you beat them Although, a couple years Bayern ago, Munich, they were a very different team. They're a lot better now than they were then. Bayern Munich came back and drew three three in their first Bundesliga game coming out of the uh, FIFA Club World Cup. Yeah, I mean it happens. They uh, it, it it does. <laughs> they happen, were just traveled. So. They traveled halfway around the world. 
Liverpool didn't drop points coming off the Club World Cup last year. Are we are we better Club World Cup champions than them? People are asking. Who knows? You're, I don't think anyone's like asking that, team, Aren't they like the second team to win every trophy they were like in for? Uh, all six of the trophies in... Yeah, they... they uh, yeah, they they basically just did the Barcelona. Them in two thousand nine right, well, Barcelona. Yeah, pretty much. They're yeah, they're pretty fucking good. Um, all right, I guess we'll start with we were already halfway into the conversation with Liverpool, who lost to Leicester three one early Saturday morning. If you want, if you want to see what true sadness is like, go examine my timeline from Saturday morning because waking up at seven thirty, watching Roberto Firmino and Trent Alexander Arnold set up that goal. That cheeky fucking assist by Roberto Firmino, which is going to be forgotten into the history of time uh, before Madison Vardy and Barnes finish it off. More more defensive mistakes. Allison just... One of my friends messaged me. He's like, dude, what's going on with Allison? And I was literally like, fuck off. I don't want to talk about this. I'm going back to sleep. So yeah, that collapse sucked. But I'm sick and tired of Liverpool playing really decent football for 45 minutes and then not having that ruthless here we're going to punish you and just put three goals behind you and like capitalizing on every single one of their mistakes like we saw so much last year and what gives me hope is that we went and did it to Leipzig on on Tuesday afternoon so I'm not saying that like the team's well and true like I'm not like I'm being facetious when I say like we're back but to play decent football against Leicester and then fuck up at the back really sucked just because it's like we were there. We were so fucking close. We just tripped over the finish line, and we just needed to be more ruthless and be more like decisive with our final chances because we're making them. It's not like they're not coming. It's not like we're being pinned back. Like we had a ton of possession. We're moving the ball around well. We just can't. Sit. Like they weren't taking their chances well. And you know, credit to Lester. Like also, Jamie Vardy locked to score against any top six team whenever they're playing one. Bet on Jamie Vardy. Um, Especially when you're playing one center back and it's that center back's like, what was it, his yeah, first game or in the Premier League or second? First game, I think. Uh, yeah. It was first game. Yeah. Kabak, first Kabak game, first got targeted. And uh, I mean, I, I don't think he's like a. It, you should still still keep playing him, obviously, but. He will. Uh, it, he's only 20, too. Also, so. that shift that Lester made from the 4 3 3 or whatever, whatever they started playing to the, the, the diamond in midfield. That was when you guys just started getting shredded to pieces. That was like about with like 15 minutes to go, I think. And then Madison just started, and Vardy obviously in Barnes. Madison just started having a field day at, at that point. So I, I think there's probably like a little bit to be worried about. But you know, Leicester are a good team. They beat Manchester City five two earlier in the season. They destroyed us when we were at our worst. They're, they're a tough team to beat, even when you're at your your strongest. So. I don't think the result itself is that worrying. It's more like the the string of results you guys have had uh, like recently. And then c- considering the RB Leipzig win, like I expected Liverpool to be the better team in that, but you can't really ignore the fact that uh, it was a pretty big RB Leipzig mistake that led to Liverpool two. opening the scoring. And yeah, so uh, Will Everton sitting in a deeper, uh, more defensive block and probably a little bit more well like drilled to do that by Ancelotti like will they will they make the same mistake that like Leipzig did I don't know if they will um so well, I think hold on it, you you have to forget that there is a key man 
when it comes to making mistakes in that Everton lineup. And like, if Jordan Pickford, Jordan Pickford's due. I mean, is he may not play. He, yeah, they've he, been playing Olsen a lot. They, he played today, and I don't think any of the goals were his fault. But they, they, like Ancelotti, even when Pickford's been healthy, he's just been like, screw that. I'm going to start Olsen instead. And he's not much better, but you know, he, he, I don't think he's as mistake prone. The only one that comes to mind is the uh, the almost winner. Uh, at Manchester United that McTominay had that like Olsen just like collapsed like trying to dive for and he didn't get to it and then eventually they equalized so uh, it wasn't as uh, bad for Everton but I would still be a little concerned if I were you guys the 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 Kabak-Henderson partnership in defense is definitely like it seems like it's going in the right direction especially when you guys can maintain a lot of possession but if like Calvert Lewin's back for that Everton game, which I, exp- I don't think he's expected he's not supposed to be. to be. Okay, well, I don't think he's expected to be. Okay, well, and maybe he'll be okay. Um, Yerry Mina went off injured in the 18th minute today, um, <clears throat> which led to them bringing on Seamus Coleman. But I, I don't know. I feel confident. It's also Everton also Liverpool have lost three Liverpool. three home games in a row. Like they're not. They gotta. They gotta get a win here. We, they gotta. They gotta flip this. They also like haven't lost to Everton at home since like the nineties. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I think Liverpool win here too. So, and the other thing that gives me hope is Fabinho is apparently very close, which I wouldn't be opposed to. And hear me out. And I'm stealing this from Keith Costigan. Put Fabinho in the midfield, in front of Henderson and Kabak, and just let him do his do his work. And like, I mean, you've got one dirty player in attack for Everton and Richarlson. And let Fabinho kind of like pocket that guy, and ha- like you know what I'm saying. So like, I, I I don't understand the thought process of having Fabinho play in midfield and not Henderson, just because like Fabinho is better in that center back role. And I, like I get it, you guys are dying to have like that defensive like presence in midfield again, but I, I feel like Henderson does a lot of that tracking back and covering for. Uh, I still feel Arnold. like Klopp will end up. I feel like Klopp will end up putting Wijnaldum in the six and put Henderson over on the right, which again is what I've been calling for for weeks. So having Fabinho back, I actually think is would just be a, a key, would be a major key for us. And I think too, um, because I know he's getting closer and closer to that. Is Tiago's good for a yellow card pretty much every game, and I don't like every game. It's like when is he getting that one game suspension because. Every game, he seems like like if you could bet on a player to acquire a yellow card, I would be betting it on Tiago pretty much every single game, and it's probably gonna hit. So I, I would like to see him playing this game. He was decent against, like he wasn't like overly special, but he was good against uh, Everton. I don't know what I'd want the midfield to be. I'd want Henderson out there. I want Fabinho out there if he's well and truly ready to go. Maybe you drop Wijnaldum and maybe like Curtis Curtis Jones has genuinely been on good form for Liverpool over the last few games. I don't necessarily think you drop him to put Fabinho back in the lineup. So I don't I don't know exactly what the lineup I'd want is, but I definitely want Fabinho back out there. And and um, but I, I'm confident against Everton. I know we drew them. We should have beaten them in the last in the last time that they played. But I'm very confident against them. It probably will be nervy, but I have, um, I, I think Liverpool win like 2-1 or 3-1, to be totally honest. This Everton team just, they don't go away in games. You know, like I know they lost to Manchester City, but they hung around in that game much longer than... You, you want to talk about the game where they got played off the park by Fulham at home on Sunday? Yeah, true. 
yeah, I, I watched that and that was pretty, that was pretty abysmal. I'll admit, but I don't know. I just feel like every time I watched them against like Manchester United a few weeks ago, yeah, like every time you start to think to yourself, like, ah, it's not Everton's day, like, especially against these other top teams, the, the main difference we've said uh, in Everton this year compared to previous years is that yes, apart from that Fulham game, they usually have done well against the teams they should beat, but in the game, the, the, quote big games against like the top six traditional top six they've usually just fallen apart but this year they don't go away they don't they don't stop pushing even if they're two nil down at old trafford at, at halftime and and then go down again right after the or soon after the equalize so it, it's going to be tough i think i'll just sit on the fence and say like one one it seems like it's going to be like a, a boring game where Everton sit back and Liverpool try to break them down and maybe eventually do it, but Everton will score too. So before we move on to Manchester City's trip to Arsenal this weekend to preview that, I did just want to address that we did have a little technical issue when we were originally recording the podcast on Wednesday night that led to us losing pretty much all the audio after about 12 minutes. So we're back recording again tonight, Thursday night. Me and Javier, Andrew, isn't able to make it. So just be us two for uh, the remainder of this episode. Javier, do you have any? You need to explain yourself. Apology of some kind. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, Andrew. I'm sorry. You know, the the, the file we, we got had stopped, good, and we had a good 50 minutes recorded. Yeah, <laughs> it was unfortunately it was a lot. some of that got lost, and I'm so, I'm sorry about that, Andrew. So it sucks. On the lo- on the plus side, you can't join we us. do get we do get to preview this Manchester City Arsenal game uh, after. Arsenal's uh, trip to uh, Rome to take on Benfica in the Europa League. Uh, they drew 1-1, literally just finished a couple minutes ago. Um, I'm not sure if that result in performance changes any of uh, your outlook on this Manchester City game, but, you know, it can't hurt. You know, it's, it's always it always feels a little weird pr- trying to preview a Premier League game when you know that the team has a game, in like, on Thursday in between the time of recording and then the weekend. So yeah, I mean, it just kind of shows me like we're probably not scoring two goals on Manchester City. You know, it, I hope that I we mean, can no one keep has it tight. in, in I, the last two months. I hope that so. we can keep it, you know, really tight. And I mean, I think that's what, that's something that we can do. I think we can limit them to very few chances and keep decent possession and play out of their press, which is something that we haven't been able to do in the past. I think under Arteta, we've learned to actually play out the back, to play out of presses, and to now play balls in between the lines with Odegaard and Ceballos and um, Xhaka, who was playing very well at the moment. And Tierney came back in this Europa League game that today. He he you know he got a few minutes. He looked a tiny bit tiny bit rusty, but still like as energetic as he, he always does. So glad to see him back. I don't know if um, Thomas. So he is back. He's back. It's official, guys. That's, a, that's another uh, another bright side of having to record again today. Yesterday we were making jokes, like you say every week, Tierney's going to be back, but now we know for sure he's back. Whether he starts on Sunday is uh, probably another question, because uh, like you said, he only came on for the last ten minutes of this uh, Benfica game, and you know Cedric hasn't looked too terrible and is probably more match fit at the moment. But I mean, I'm guessing by the look you're giving me right now that you're you're just assuming he's going to slot right into oh, the yeah. starting. Oh yeah, he's got to yeah. he's got to start. I think if he's fit, I think this was just you know uh, uh, giving him because he he came in in like the 60th minute, so they were trying to give him a good 30 minutes to I think 
just get back into into match rhythm and so that he can start against City. He's so important to how we play and to the danger that our left side presents. And I just think when he's on the pitch with Emil Smith Rowe, they can they link up really really well together. And Cedric and Emil Smith Rowe don't quite have that connection. Um, Saka links up well with Tierney as well. He does. Uh, before he does. before Smith Rowe was ever in the lineup, it was Saka and Tierney were like the one bright spot in your team. Um, so you guys could definitely score once against Manchester City. I just completely, I just completely doubt you'll be able to keep them from scoring multiple times. Yeah, you know, no, I, I mean Manchester City coming back into the fold on, now. Are, they're on, they're on amazing form. But one thing that does need to be said about this like run of imperial form that they've been on is they haven't been like destroying teams. I mean, stylistically, uh, I guess they kind of have in terms of like they yeah. just really lower the chances that the, they the destroyed has. us at Stamford Bridge. They destroyed Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, I mean, maybe the Everton game was closer than people thought it was going to be, uh, but eventually they pulled away in that one too. Yeah, there's no, just no, always a period right. in games. Right. It's like a ten minute period where. Manchester City pounce and you could you saw that from like Liverpool's great team last year too they just they were able to sense when the opposition was slightly reeling a little bit and they just would can step on the throat better than any other team in the league right now and I'm sure they're gonna have that like period against Arsenal now whether you guys are able to weather it or not I I doubt so I, I'm probably gonna predict like a 3-1 Manchester City win all right you're gonna say that this is like ridiculous and you can say this but I think, like, on play right now, like, just the way we're playing, obviously not in the table, but I think Arsenal's, like, the second or third best team in the league right now in terms of how we're playing. Yeah, you're right. That is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I think we're better than Chelsea. Okay. I think United are better than us. I think City are better than us. And, like, like I feel confident against almost anyone else right now, so. So you, you guys beat Leeds and draw... Benfica and all of a sudden all of those those three losses from before that are just completely you just forget about those don't worry two, about them it was two losses and we dominated in both of them and one of them was a freak loss the I one don't know about dominated and then but, and then the one against Villa yeah like it was a really close game Villa are a good side and they've beaten they beat Liverpool 7-2 so it's not like insane to lose to them you know yeah they did the double over us this year it's a little embarrassing it's a little embarrassing <laughs> I just don't know how you can just. <laughs> but but you're right. You're right. You can, I mean, like, I think it's there's just because a very you preface chance. it by saying it's insane doesn't make it like any less insane. <laughs> All right, but who's better than us right now? Like who? Like you think confidently like Spurs are better than us? I'm sure you think you're better than us. I don't, I don't think I, you are. I don't think Spurs are playing better than you. <laughs> it would be very hard to find many teams that I think Spurs are playing better than right now, despite their big win in Europe. Maybe this West week, Ham, but, but I, like I don't. Possibly West Ham. Yeah, I mean, th- those conversations they just they just seem like they're going to be outdated after like a weekend because you know one of the teams you're talking about may have a big win. You know, like but, last but the, week but going into Leeds. Truth, there is a truth you that, you like, say that every season around this time, you know, teams do the big teams usually round into form and go up the table more at, during this period. You know, because they have so much depth in their in their team because the smaller teams who have, you know, been, been keeping up until this point, they're, they start getting some injuries. They start getting suspensions. They start getting, you know, all the stuff that smaller teams can't cope with in like March, April and May. 
um, because the season's going to go like deep into May this year. So I, I think like there's still a lot of time left in the league, but usually the big teams around this time is when they start picking up points, getting on streaks. I don't know if this season does look kind of crazy, but I feel like we've had a lot of seasons in the past in the Premier League like this. And so, I, so I think with Arsenal, Arsenal being the team that's playing the second or third best in the league right now, in your words, third, uh, third, third. Uh, yeah, United okay. are playing better than us. Sure, they are. Well, what would be your score prediction for this weekend? I, I already put it out there: three-one Manchester City. I mean, it's the probably going to be two-one City. Yeah, but I'm going to say one-one. I'm going to say one-one. I think we break their winning streak. It's probably the best you can hope for at the moment. Uh, I can't say I agree. <laughs> um, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I mean, I would never we'll bet see. against it. I, I think it's more likely that they just beat us, probably like two-nil or, or even one-nil, something like that. Is probably more likely than a three-one win. I don't think they're going to beat us three-one. That's all. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on. Uh, we barely talked about Manchester City in that because you know there's not much more to mention other than the fact that they're on amazing form right now. Um, but the team, the other team that you said was uh, playing better than Arsenal was Manchester United, and though they did walk out four nil winners earlier today against Real Sociedad in the Europa League, a game they really uh, could have just won by like seven or eight goals. They they were yeah. kind of at it in that game. They they probably should have saved some goals for the previous weekend when they drew West Brom 1-1 and frankly probably should have lost. They probably were conceding that lost, many yeah. chances. West to, Brom had uh, three insanely good chances that they that they yeah. really messed so they, up. So that, that, that's another slip up against a relegation candidate within a relatively recent uh, period that includes the home loss to Sheffield. United are going to get sucked sucked into the top four battle. Like there's they they're not. I don't even think they're guaranteed second place or. You know, they are playing still decently right now and, and scoring goals, but in the Premier League, it seems like teams have... They're, they're a team where, like, the first time you see them, they're probably really hard to play against. But if you play them a second or a third time, I think a lot of teams are able to, to formulate plans to stop the, like, the, the, the counterattack and the, the, the press that United play. So I think that's why teams like West Brom can, can get results against them as, you know, Sheffield United... Teams like that, that United maybe blew away the first time. I think we're seeing a little bit more of that equalized this time around. So, but I think, I, I, like, and I think they're going to get sucked into the the top four conversation. I think they're gonna they're gonna fall back in with Chelsea and Liverpool and and you know who who knows if Spurs are going to get back into it. They're not that far off. So, so pretty much everyone other than Manchester City right now, I think it's fair to say, is in the conversation or in a battle to finish in the top four. You know, Manchester United are in second, but they're tied on points with uh, Leicester with 46 points, while Manchester City are 10 points ahead of everyone else on 56. And right behind those those two, Manchester United and Leicester, is Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, Everton, Aston Villa, and yeah, Spurs are level on points. So I guess we have to include them. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot all of those teams, teams who... have varying degrees of like games played and games in hand. So... Uh, things can change. But yeah, I agree with you. United, I think they, they are in a bit of a dogfight. I, I don't necessarily agree that like teams have like figured out how to play against them. I just think there's some mistakes you can't afford to make against this Manchester United team. No, I just think and, that they're, they're, the first time you play them, the way that they play, it catches a lot of teams off guard. Like it, they, That's why they, like, they've demolished some teams just 
you know, kind of out of nowhere. I think you just I think can't he, gift them goals. You can't gift them yeah. the lead and then and then you know try to throw men forward to try and be, get back into the game. You have to be patient and you have to know that Manchester United are not a flawless team. They will make mistakes at the back or they just uh, they just have the, make a mistake. The, the best player in the league, which is probably Bruno Fernandez. I mean, I don't know who. Really who's. think so? Yeah, I think he's the best player in the league. I think he's having the best season, but I still think like Kevin De Bruyne is like a better player than him. Oh, oh, but. I do. No, that I'm just saying right now at this moment, he's the best player in the league. Okay. Like Yeah, sure, he's the, probably you know, the like, for... it's like in basketball, there's always like throughout the year players who you're like, "Oh, this guy's like playing amazingly right now." Like Steph Curry right now in basketball, like everyone's like, "He's the MVP." But who knows at the end of the season? What but that's at the end of the day, like. everyone knows that LeBron is still the best player. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even if he's not having an MVP season, that's only because he's won it multiple times before. Okay. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Um, but Manchester United will host Newcastle United uh, this weekend, Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. That's going to be after that Arsenal-Manchester City game, which I didn't mention was going to be Sunday at 11.30 a.m. But uh, Also, we forgot Newcastle... to mention, we, we do need to mention, Aubameyang got his first Premier League hat-trick. It's kind of, okay. it's kind of crazy Leeds. that it's been three years Yeah, that he, this Against is his Leeds, first like... hat-trick. I was kind of surprised that this was his first one. I don't know why. That literally, that game had all of the uh, characteristics you would want this, for an. That scoreline though should have been what like the first game should have been, but we like it should have been like four two leads, but it ended up being nil nil. Um, yeah, but I know you love talking about Arsenal, but we're I moving do, on I to do. Manchester United, Newcastle United. Which I'm going to say two nil, two nil United. You, you did this last night, Javier. You said United, and they're both United. <laughs> Oh, yes. Manchester United. <laughs> I did do that last night, too. Yeah, I, I'll probably go Yeah, 2-0, maybe maybe 3-0. Uh, the Newcastle, uh, they just played Chelsea last weekend, and while I was a little bit worried about that game, uh, it turned out that some of the injuries they, they've sustained yeah, recently Callum have out completely for, like, he, he does this usual them. thing where he's out for a while now. It, it's, it's not an overstatement to say that the first half of the game on Monday at Stamford Bridge was possibly the worst I've seen an opponent uh, play us at Stanford Bridge this season. The Newcastle were truly awful. And, you know, there's some bright spots like Almiron is still trying his hardest and St. Maximan has just come back into the team after having COVID um, and being out for a little bit longer than you have you would expect from COVID. So while they are desperate and they are starting to get sucked back down into that uh, relegation battle with uh, Fulham starting to come on a little bit, Manchester United, you're just going to have too much for them. And unless Newcastle can really commit to parking the bus like Steve Bruce loves to do, and they can keep it nil-nil for as long as possible. But if Manchester United score first, then it's over, obviously. So I'll, I'll stick with you on the, the two-nil, and uh, we can move on to West Ham Tottenham, because that's... Boy, how the turntables. <laughs> yeah. I, like, Earlier this West year, Ham is West... six points above Tottenham right now. Yeah, remember, remember, like for years past, when you would go into a West Ham Tottenham game thinking, "Oh, can West Tot- Ham Tot- get Tot- a result out of it?" Yeah, Tottenham are going to blow them away. Yeah, now, I mean, Tottenham may still uh, fancy themselves because these are two teams that like to sit a little deeper, kind of soak up the pressure, and then you know hit you on the counter. But I think West Ham have the players to kind of balance that out a little bit now you know Declan Rice goes without saying he's probably one of the best deep-lying defensive midfielders in the league uh, Pablo Fornals has been quietly very good this year and then obviously all the other 
Bowen's uh, been very at, good. Yeah, all the other attacking players kind of uh, helped them Cresswell's to play been like incredible. a little bit more. Cresswell's been great. Been Cresswell's great for my been fantastic, team. yeah. He's, he's, he's a dirty little bastard, though. He's yeah, a dirty he's, player. He has been for a while. Yeah. Uh, but, but he's uh, got a hell of a left foot on yeah, him. Yeah, but that's the type of player cross. that Moyes loves, you know? Those are the types of players that Moyes loves and needs for his type his team to be successful. So, I mean, right now they're on 42 points. They are above Liverpool in oh, near the end of February, which is very, very impressive. And this West Ham team, I know I've said it before, but if you if you look at the level that it is compared to the team that Moyes had when he was at Everton, I would say that it's you know similar level in in terms of the 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 quality of players they have. And he was able to get up enough to some fifth place finishes. I don't remember if he was at he never got top four. I don't think, but he. Uh, so what you're saying is Pablo Fornals is uh, Mikel Arteta. Is that what you're trying to say? What? And uh, Stephen Pienaar is uh, Jared Bowen. <laughs> exactly. The comparisons you're making. <laughs> no, he has better players, probably. Yeah, that's what I think. I think these players are probably a little bit better. It's um, true, but like they're he, able he's to not play a, bad a few more different styles. He's not a bad manager. It's just like his style. He needs a lot of money and backing to play, and seems like you know it's it's worked so far for West Ham the, the the thing for me that's convincing is they've been getting big goal results against teams that are you know look on paper worse than them teams like Sheffield Villa Palace they, they scored three goals in, in, in all of those games and even against Liverpool they probably should have scored like two or three goals in that first half and the game would have looked entirely different so yeah I kind of have I kind of think that this is going to be a fun game with them and Tottenham, there's going to be goals. Like I think Tottenham, they're I think st- going to be looking at this game as the type of game that can flip the the script of their season. Mourinho is going to be hyping them up for this, you know, because West Ham win this, you know, they go nine points clear of Tottenham. If Tottenham win, so, so it's it, it's the, the 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 definition of like a six pointer, you know. Where they're either going to be three points behind West Ham, or they're going to be, or it's going to be insurmountable. Yeah, or it's going to be insurmountable. Basically, yeah, exactly. It's kind of gone to that point already for Tottenham, where they would need to have such an an urgent turn in form for them to have any chance at top four that you just can't really see happening, especially with Mourinho not looking likely to be sacked anytime soon with that uh, Carabao Cup final coming up at the end of uh, or in the middle of April. I can't remember exactly when, but. Uh, yeah, the the biggest question I have for West Ham is that I, I I haven't seen them routinely make the that that step up against the other top six sides or the other big clubs in the league. Like the the games that are fresh in my mind are that obviously that Liverpool game where, like you said, they could have scored but ended up losing three uh, one. The Manchester United game a little bit earlier in the season where they absolutely dominated Manchester United in the first half scored only once and then lost 3-1 in the second half and United just, you know, made them pay for throwing away so many chances. And something similar happened against Chelsea in December too when we played them and beat them 3-0. To believe in West Ham, I need to see an actual uh Like an emphatic 3-1 win or like, something here. Yeah. I don't, need, I don't even need to, it to be emphatic. Even if they just beat Tottenham 1-0 or 2-0 like Chelsea did a couple of weeks ago, that'll be impressive to me because... For so many years, this game has been... West Ham have been the little brother, per se, of Tottenham. They do have their own very intense rivalry going on, and it will be a very hotly contested game. 
Um, but I, I need to see it first before I can predict West Ham to win. So I think I'm going to go yeah. with like 1-1. One, one. I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. I think we both predicted a draw last night as well. But yeah, I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. Say 1-1. One, one. Didn't Andrew predict a West Ham win? Yeah, I mean, to be fair... On the pod West Ham should be winning this game yeah. with uh, with Tottenham's current form. I mean, I, I know Tottenham just got a four one win in Europa League today against Wolfsburger from Austria, but and I think Bale and Son and Lucas Moura all scored, so a little confidence boost for them. Maybe that has an influence, and they're able to get something out of, uh, or, or I guess conjure up a better performance this weekend. Um, but running through uh, the rest of the weekend's uh, games, we already talked about the Liverpool Everton. Uh, game on the Saturday at 12.30 p.m. But before that, there's going to be Wolves-Leeds United on Friday at 3 p.m. Uh, to start out Saturday, 7.30 a.m., bright and early, Southampton will host Chelsea. I don't want to get into that one like a, too much because I, I feel like based off Southampton's current form and Chelsea's you Most know, likely you guys fixing win. of our defense, I think we're yeah. going to win like 1 or 2-0, t- maybe a 2-1 if uh, we make another boneheaded mistake like Rudiger did against Sheffield. Yeah, I think 2-1, two 2-1 one, two one seems reasonable. I don't know if exactly just like that that two foot from the goal tap in that Werner had is going to change his form all of a sudden he's going to start banging in goals, but you know, you never know that when the when just one goal can can ignite S- like scored a, a brace. Scored a brace last time we played Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he might take confidence in that and and go after it and this is the type of game where maybe he'll he'll get a goal or two. So I think Chelsea do it as well. I think Southampton have really fallen off the pace, especially after that 9-0 thrashing. I mean, they're probably looking to just to keep these games close, nick a goal if they can. But I see them finishing probably in, in like 11th or 12th this year. So I don't see them finishing in the in the top half of the table. So speaking of that Chelsea game, I did just want to uh, mention to all the listeners that my, my brother and I, uh, Hugo, we're going to be starting a Chelsea-specific bonus pod here on the Ghost Call podcast feed. Uh, we're going to be doing it once a month. The first one, I think, is going to be after this Southampton-Chelsea game, right at the tail end of the the first five or six games of Tuchel's appointment uh, that were all relatively easy opponents. And then uh, we're going to be looking ahead into this next month or so, where the schedule really heats up for Chelsea. And just talk about some big picture uh, topics and then some... Uh, granular, you know, positional uh, topics of what can be done to improve the club and all that good stuff. So if you're a Chelsea fan and you want to hear a little bit more about our thoughts on the, on the club, then uh, keep a lookout for that. That'll be coming early next week. Uh, so carrying on with the rest of this weekend's games, Burnley and West Brom will play Saturday at 10 a.m. That has some influence on the bottom half of the table in the relegation battle. Uh, Fulham and Sheffield United will finish up the games on Saturday with the uh, their kickoff at 3 p.m., another relegation six-pointer. And then, like we've said, Sunday, 7 a.m., West Ham, Tottenham. 9 a.m. Sunday, Aston Villa, Leicester City, which I, we didn't talk about, but we probably can for a couple minutes here. Leicester City, it's hard yeah, to get a read on a them. that's going to be a good game. It's Damn. hard to get a read on them, and it's hard to get a read on Aston Villa. So I'm not even going to pretend to try and predict this one, because <laughs> it could really go either way. And it could... I, like it could be a big multiple Leicester goal City got, win got for a, one team. Got a nil-nil draw um, in their Europa League game. It, I think they they did rest a few players. 
It started Vardy and Madison, but I, I didn't get to watch that one. I had no interest in watching them versus Sparta or Slavia Prague, whoever it was they played. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I, I think that maybe they had an eye on the weekend with, with the result in Europa, but they're not in it for the title, but like they're firmly in the top four conversation because... You know, yeah, they're for level your, with Man United. Yeah, they're level with Man United on points and just very close there on on goal difference. Like they're defensively, they've been really strong. I know they lost Justin, but they've got Pereira back in the team, so they're not going to lose that much on that on that right side. I know that he was playing sometimes, you know, right center back for Rogers, but they also have Soyonachu coming back. So you know, I don't, I, I really don't think that the Justin's going to be a huge miss for them. And I mean, this Leicester side is is has been so hard to beat. You know, Villa, they've been they've been more Jekyll and Hyde, where, like, if they show up for the game, they really show up, and they seem to, to, like, put teams to the sword. But there's been also games where they've just completely not shown up and lost 3-0 or 2-0 or, you know, looked, looked toothless. They've occasionally had games like that, same as Everton. And I kind of think Leicester are going to win this one. Well, I'm hoping for a draw. I'm like they just, for they just beat Liverpool. I'll take whatever. But I think they're going to win 2-1. Yeah. Yeah, but come on, Javier. Emmy Martinez is not Allison. He's not going to come sprinting off his line and knock out his own center it's true. back. He is on like good Allison form. did. I, you know what? I could also I could also see this being like a nil nil, like a close nil nil with a bunch of chances and saves from both the keepers. Because like Schmeichel and, and Emmy are both just gods and like well, defensively. You, you just convinced me to start Emmy Martinez in uh, in fantasy. I will I will believe in him as I have most of this season. Um, he he's having a hell of a season. He's having and a hell know, of a season. Like Ederson is going the to win of the Golden season. Glove. Yeah, and Ederson is going to win all the plaudits as best goalkeeper because he's on the best team with the best defense. But in terms uh, for a player who faces as many shots as uh, Martinez does, he does excellently. He's he's a he's so like sure handed. Like very few fuck ups from him. And every now and then he pulls off a save that he makes look easy, but is is not easy at all. So, um, yeah, you guys fucked up by letting now, him go. Now, yeah, well, yeah, maybe, maybe we did get a decent chunk of change for him. Um, but th- this Villa side, if they have they have two games in hand on Leicester, if they were to hypothetically win this game, then I think we have to look at them as like top four contenders i know that you mentioned them earlier oh they, they definitely are at the moment i'm saying them but if Everton they win are. this game if they beat leicester then they'll be they'll be just one they'll have a game in hand and then if they win their game in hand they'll be in top four so if they win their two games in hand they would be in top four over chelsea so you know will this villa side will they do that will they continue this good form i think they've like i said they're 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 gonna need to get a win here for me to really start believing in them because I think that this is when they're they're going to fall off. You know, if they 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 have a, a decent run of hard games here, and I want to see if they can keep it up. But I'm going to yeah, say two one Leicester. Yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced Aston Villa will be able to maintain this either. But I've been saying that for most of the season. Yeah, and, and Gre- they still but keep Grealish hanging is around. just a monster, man. Grealish is a monster, and it seems like the the FA wants them to win something or wants them to to stay in the in that conversation. Um, I mean, Villa used to be a, a, a big side, so the fact that they should have been relegated last year, and if they had gone back down, like that would have been disastrous for them because they had spent over a hundred million in the window on, on a lot of good signings. But for them to have gone down last season would have been absolutely crippling. And you know, Villa's back. I think they'll be back in the Premier League for a long time. But 
you know, they're definitely uh, like a historic team in the league that I was kind of sad to have seen gone. And I mean, no, I know that they did the double on us this year, but I'm glad to see them back in the league because they're they're like a, they make the team, but the league better, you know. Yeah, I mean they're, they're uh, former European champions. They're, Unlike uh, Leeds, sure fuck, big fuck Leeds. Right, right. We need <laughs> yes, Leeds exactly. out of the league. Yeah. Fuck Leeds. <laughs> Uh, so just to finish up the schedule for this weekend, we are, we already talked about Arsenal, Manchester City, Sunday at 1130, uh, then Manchester United, Newcastle United, Sunday at 2 p.m. Brighton and Crystal Palace will play each other on 3 p.m. on Monday, and then there will be a makeup game uh, for a postponed game between Leeds and Southampton Tuesday at 1 p.m. So that actually is going to be very interesting, a very interesting mid-table matchup. We're not going to preview that one. I actually want you just reminded me with this Aston Villa Leicester City game. I, I've been seeing a lot of like discussion over multiple forms of social media recently about uh, the Euros coming up this summer, and specifically the young attacking midfield players that that England have to choose from going into uh, this tournament. And of the, the four players that I'm going to mention, you have to pick three of them to include in England's team for the Euros this summer. Who are you taking? Out of Jack Grealish, Mason Mount, Phil Foden, and James Madison. You can only have three. Mount, Foden, and Madison. What? (laughs) Oh, you were so close. How can you not include Grealish? Because I think I don't I don't know if they need Jack Grealish. I mean, yeah, I guess really? maybe Grealish. Yeah, fuck Grealish, Madison, I guess. I, I think it's fair to say Grealish is I think having it, the I best think season take of all, all those players. I think they're going to take all four of them. I don't. I really don't know if they can. Like, you'd have to not include like some defenders or something. They, there's certain positions. Yeah, fuck Harry Maguire. They shouldn't include his ass. Well, no, they don't have that many center backs to pick from. So no, I know. I don't think they can do that. But yeah, I, I'm I'm close. I'm I, with you, but I I had or I would I would take Mount Foden and uh, Grealish and leave Madison out. I like James Madison, I really do. But uh, Mason Mount just brings a bit more of that like graft and hard work and intelligence to the game. And then you know Grealish and Foden have that like all world, close to world class talent that can you know dribble through players and win the game for you and. Madison, I think, has like a bit more responsibility at Leicester. I think so- Saka will be going. Yeah, he could be. They they might take him like as kind of a like a backup left back even. Yeah, backup they, left if, back. If, if they play uh, left, if they play wing backs as well. He'd be really useful at left wing back. So, yeah, he for sure might be going. He's. He, I think I just saw a tweet earlier that said he's like one of the only players in Europe that has ten goals and ten assists in all competitions this year. So, yes, yeah, that's, yeah, not, that's not bad that's at all true. for a 19-year-old. That is, that is Bukayo. All right, well, let's wrap up there, of course, on Arsenal. <laughs> Javier, thank you for jumping on for a second night in the row. No, th- thank you, Alex. You know, I'm sorry, Andrew, about the mishap. Hopefully it it's won't all, happen again. It's all this one recorded. Happens. This one recorded. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> Good to know. You can follow us on social media at ASMOS92 and at JavierRev9 and at Andrew Pissarro for Andrew's social medias. And then, of course, at Ghost Goal Pod. We'll be back next week to talk about all of the Premier League games uh, and preview the following weekend. And, of course, keep an eye out for the uh, Chelsea-specific podcast that I'm going to be releasing early next week. Until next time. See ya.